phenomenal phenomenal month that we really believe in that God's going to change your life come on who wants their life to be changed I want my life to be changed I want my life to be changed for a number of reasons number one I want to be a better husband come on I want to be a better father come on you can all say amen to this one you ready I want to be a better pastor amen 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 I want to be a better person. I want God to move in my life. And I ask God to change me each and every day. Can we just do that right now? Ask God as we get ready to go into the Word. Dear Heavenly Father, we just pray, God, right now that you would change our hearts, that you would just help us, that you would touch us. God, we just ask, Lord, like never before, God, that this would be a month of great change, that, God, everything we discuss on prayer, God, we just pray that God would just bring such new life to our lives. God, we would experience that we would understand the awesome power that there is in prayer and everything that, God, you have available for us. We love you. We praise you in this house. In Jesus' name. Come on, shout amen. Come on, shout amen in the house. Come on, amen, amen. If you have your Bibles today, I want you to turn to Psalms 145. Psalms 145 and verse 18. And while you're turning there, just say with me again, oxygen. Come on now. Oxygen, oxygen. Psalms 145, verse 18. Actually, one of my favorite scriptures in regards to prayer. The Bible is full of scriptures about prayer. Why? Because the Bible is full about prayer. It talks a lot about prayer and the importance of prayer for each one of our lives. But this is one of my favorites. Psalms 145, verse 18. It says this, The Lord is near to all who call upon Him. To all. Notice again, all inclusive. No one's left out. To all who call upon Him. But it doesn't finish there. A lot of us maybe finish it there, but it doesn't finish there. There's two very important words that end this verse. Come on, say them with me. In truth. Come on, say that with me. In truth. The Lord is near to all who call upon Him. To all who call upon Him. In truth, one version says, to all who call him, to him with sincerity in their life. I love how the Message Bible says it. Listen to how the Message Bible pens it. It says, God's there. Aren't you glad that God's there? Come on, I said, God's there. And it says, he is listening for all who pray, for all who pray and what? Mean it. Did you know that you can pray and not mean it? How do we know that? He says he's there to answer all those who pray and mean it. So therefore, if he's saying that we need to mean it, we can also not mean it. We can just pray flippant prayers, not caring. We don't want to pray those kind of prayers anymore. But we want to pray the prayers that God hears an honest 
heartfelt prayer that will touch the very throne of God. And we're going to be talking about that more in the message today. So the thought here in this verse is this, we are to call on God. I began to think about calling. There's a number of ways that we can call people. We can pick up the phone. Ever done that? I'm sure you have. Pick up the phone and you call someone. You dial the numbers and you call. Why? Most times because you need something from them. You want to ask them for something, check up and see how they're doing. So that's one way we can call. Another way we can call, and Judah's really good at doing this. This is him right now. Mom! Mom! Dad! Dad! What is he doing? He's just calling out. He doesn't really need anything. But he's just calling to check and see where we're at. He wants to know that we're in the vicinity. He wants to know that he's not left alone. So we can pick up a phone and call. We can just kind of call out to people like, hey, where are you at? We good? Everything's good. But you know there's another type of call? And it can go like this. Are you ready? Help! Come on. We've probably all done that. But what do we see from the scripture? However we choose to call... There first has to be a call. We need to call on God. You've heard me say this before, but listen to this. The number one reason why prayers are not answered is because they are first not prayed. You want to know the number one reason why our prayers are not answered is because we haven't called out to God. We haven't prayed those prayers. We can get so good at talking about our problems to other people that we think we've prayed and given it to God. Man, that's a powerful statement right there. You need to Twitter that one or something. Come on, we get so good at talking to everyone else about our problems that we forget to take it to the problem solver. Come on, and we think we've prayed about it and given it to God and we get upset and say, where's the answer? And God says, to what? Come on, we've got to call out to God. We've got to pray because if there's no call, come on. Come on, you figured it out. You know my message today. Come on, if there's no call, there's no answer. There should be no excuse then because you know it. But you and I have got to call out to God. And what do we know of God? You know, I think it's important. What do we know of God? If we're going to call out to God, I think it's important to know the God we call out to. Look at this scripture. I believe it shows the God that we call out to. Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 3. God says this, call unto me. Really, it's more specific than call unto me. God says, call to me. See how specific it is. That's the relationship he wants to have, that personal interaction. Call to me, God says, and I will. Come on, say that with me, I will. So what do we know about God? When we call, he will. When we call and cry out to God, he will. You and I can be assured that God will answer your life. And how does he answer? It goes on to define the answer that he gives to every one of us. It says, if you call upon me, I will answer you. And this is God speaking. He says, and I will show you great and mighty things which you don't know. In other words, that could not otherwise be known unless you called out to him, you would never know the freedoms, the liberties, the breakthroughs and the miracles. Why? Because when you call out to him, that's when the answer comes back into our lives. But what does he say? I want to do great things in your life. God says, I want to do mighty things in your life. That word mighty there literally can be translated inaccessible. 
God says, I want to do great things that are maybe inaccessible or out of reach or isolated from you right now. God says, that's what I want to do in your life. The major breakthroughs and the miracles. Come on, you're asking God. And we've said this so many times. Man, I don't even know if God can do that. Have you ever said that? If you haven't said it, we've probably thought that. I don't even think God could save them. God says, if you call upon me, the answer I can give is to bring things that are out of reach. I can make them fully reachable. I can make them fully possible in your life. How does it begin? With a call. With a call. With a call. Call upon me. That word call in that scripture, in the Greek, the word is quara. It's Q-A-R-A. Quara. And it means a couple of things. It means to call out to someone, like shout the name, like we've talked about, to address someone, to speak, to proclaim. It means to literally get someone's attention. Man, I get the attention of God when I pray. Think about that. That's powerful. That when I pray, I capture the attention and the heart of God. But listen to this. It also means this, naming something. Naming something and literally to call it by name. I love that because as I begin to pray, I don't just say, God, can you bless me with whatever you... I can be specific with my prayer. I can pray for my children by name. Come on, I can pray for my financial situations and call them by name. I can cry out for problems and situations and areas in this nation, this world. And I can speak them by name. I can call them by name. Come on, I can be specific with God and give name to those things that I want to believe and see take place in my life. And when you look at this whole verse, there's another thought in just this small verse that I think is very important and that's called relational insight. What do we mean by that? That's just a big way to say this. God wants to teach you and I how to pray effectively. God wants to teach us how to pray. God wants to teach us to ask for the things that He has prepared for your life. What does it say? Call upon me and I will answer you and I will show you. Have you ever said to your kids, just this week with my kids, I've had to say to them, come over here and just let me show you how to do that. They're struggling to put something together. They're struggling to do something. I know how to do that, but unfortunately, you know what many times we do? We act like our kids many times and we don't want to be shown. Come on, Judah, oftentimes, he doesn't want to be shown. He just wants to do it himself and just make a mess. He's only 21 months old. He's just going to make a mess of things. But how often do we make a mess of things because God's like saying, would you just come over here and let me just show you how your life can fall perfectly back in. Let me just show you how you need to talk to your spouse. Come on, let me just show you how to deal with that hard boss that you're facing each and every day. Let me just show you, God wants to teach us how we can pray and the things that we need to pray for in our lives. Because I want to tell you something today, we can pray for the wrong things. Come on, I said we can pray for the wrong things. And thank God that God's a God that He doesn't give us all of those things because that's not love to give us the things that we don't need. Love is to give us the things that we do need. I just thank God in this house for unanswered prayers too. I've prayed a lot of prayers. I'm so thankful that God didn't answer. Come on now. Because they were all wrong. Why? Because most of the time I was wrong. 
because I wanted to do it my way instead of allowing God to show me and allowing God to speak to me and speak through me. And don't let that stop you and have a fear in your life. Oh, well, what if I'm praying the wrong thing? Don't let that stop you from praying. Just pray. Just pray. Come on, just pray. And let God reveal to you the right motive, the right heart, the things that you need. Because the Bible says He knows what you have need of before you even ask, before you call, before you pray. God's already got the list. He already knows what's best for your life. And so don't be afraid and say, well, I'm not going to pray. Pray and let God change your prayer life. And that's really where our title comes in because I've entitled this message Monologue or Conversation. Monologue or Conversation. I think most of our prayers are monologue. And what do I mean by that? One-sided. That we just pray. It's like a shopping list. We go down the list. God, I want this. Do this. Don't do that. Hey, smack that person this way. And come on, you pray stuff like that. Come on, let's just be real right now. Come on, you know, just handle this and take care of that. And you do this. And thanks very much, God. See you later. Bye. That's what we mean by amen most times. See you later. Bye. Take off. Boom. We're done. And God's like, uh. he's like, why? Because God wants to have a conversation with us, not for prayer to be one-sided. If your prayer is just a monologue, no wonder you're not seeing the breakthroughs and the miracles and the freedoms in your life. Why? Because prayer is a conversation that we need to talk to and hang out with God. I wonder what your prayer life is like. What's your prayer life like? Maybe some of you would have to admit today, I don't really have a prayer life. I maybe pray. But to have a prayer life, that's kind of maybe stretching it a little bit. Our prayer and goal is by the end of this month that you will have a prayer life. And maybe just five, ten minutes a day, but it's a prayer life. That every day you will not go without praying and you will seek God in your life. Come on, say with me oxygen. Oxygen, oxygen. Why have we called this series Oxygen. There's a quote from Martin Luther, the reformist, and he said these words, To be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. To be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. Why have we called it oxygen? Because you cannot live without oxygen in your lungs. If you don't breathe, we don't think about breathing anymore. We just do it automatically. But let me tell you, if you don't breathe, you're going to die. We want you to see today how important prayer is as the spiritual oxygen for your life. Because without prayer, we worry whether you're going to make it through life. You need to realize that. Your prayer life is your life support system that's going to help you through the tests, the trials, the tribulations, and not just the hard things, but just everyday things. It's your prayer that's going to help you through. Without prayer, you are not going to make it. Come on, God says, I've come to give you a life of what? Mere existence? No. God says, I've come to give you a life of abundance. How do we step into the abundance of God? By praying to a God who cares about us who wants to bring accessible or inaccessible things accessible to our lives to change our lives we need to pray 
One of the main reasons we don't pray is because we don't believe in prayer. We don't believe in prayer. Oh, in our lives we claim to believe prayer works, but our actions say otherwise. Most rarely pray, and when they do, they don't expect anything to change. So why pray? What's the point? The point of this, prayer is your life source. Listen to this story. I thought this was really cool when I was studying this message. I came across this story, true story. A pastor once asked his church to pray that God would shut down a neighborhood bar. The whole church gathered for an evening of prayer meeting, pleading with God to rid the neighborhood of the evils of this bar. A few weeks later, lightning struck the bar and it was burnt to the ground. Having heard about the church's prayer crusade, the bar owner promptly, or the bar owner promptly sued the church. When the court date finally arrived, the bar owner passionately argued that God had struck his bar with lightning because the church members had prayed. The pastor, however, backtracked brushing off the accusations, and he admitted, yes, we as a church prayed, but he also affirmed that no one in his congregation really expected anything to happen. The judge leaned back in his chair, a mix of amusement and perplexity on his face, and finally he spoke and said, I cannot believe today what I'm hearing. Right in front of me, This bar owner believes in the power of prayer, but yet the pastor doesn't. It's pretty similar to the story of Peter that you can read of in Acts chapter 12. He was imprisoned and they held a continuous prayer meeting for him and they were praying for him and God miraculously frees him. Read the story, it's phenomenal how God wakes him up and leads him out of the jail and opens every door and takes him to the prayer meeting and he knocks on the door of the prayer meeting. A young girl called Rhoda, she goes to the door, opens it, she's freaked out. Here's Peter, she slams the little thing shut, runs back inside. Everyone said, well, who was it? She said, Peter, what did they say? No, it's not. No no way it could be Peter. Why? He's in prison. Come on now. Have you read the story? Here they are praying continuously for God to work a miracle. The miracle happens, but yet they're like, there's no way God could have done that. Now, a lot of people can look at that and say they didn't have faith. I do not believe that in the book of Acts you can put a finger anywhere and point to the believers of that time and say to them they had no faith. Because just for them to pray meant that they could be crucified, killed and destroyed. I mean, they had faith. They had faith. But what do we see? What we see is this. We need to, when we pray, realize this, that we take it out of our hands and place it in the hands of God. What they're thinking is this. The next day or whenever Peter was going to stand before the ruling authorities, they're praying that he'll have favor. They're praying that the judge, the ruler, will say, hey, I find no fault, maybe beat him a little bit, but he can go free. That's the thought that they had. They weren't expecting God to send an angel to walk him out of a jail to open the doors and bring him to their house at the midnight hour. They weren't expecting that. What am I saying to you today? Don't limit God by what you expect. Come on, when you begin to pray, come on, release God and just expect anything can happen because anything can happen when we begin to pray. When we begin to pray. 
Because when we pray, we move God. And when God moves, everything changes. Come on, everything changes. So our goal through this series is to get you just to start praying. For you to see prayer in a different way. Having a true understanding and a perspective to see how necessary it is in your life. I want to be honest with you right now. I would say in my Christian walk, probably one of the hardest areas for me is prayer. I just want to be honest with you as a pastor. I want to be honest. So I know the struggles. I know what you're going through. I'm not standing up here saying I pray for six hours a day and, uh, and, and that's all I do all week and I'm on my face before God. That's a struggle that I have. Now notice I didn't say I don't pray because I do pray. But it's a struggle that I have. It's a battle that I have. I've had to figure out how to pray my way because to sit down and pray for three hours ain't going to work for me. Just being honest with you. If it works for you, great. We love you. Pray for us, please. We need three hours of prayer. But that doesn't happen to me. I I have to walk. I have to be engaged. I have to be doing something. And and, and most of the time, if I am praying, like when I'm walking this morning, I'm praying through the neighborhood. I've got my phone with me. Why? Because things are coming into my mind. Ever have that when you start to pray? You start remembering, I've got to pick up this. I've got to do this. This needs to be taken care of. That needs to... Man, while I'm praying, I've got my notes out on my phone because I'm taking notes. Remember to do this. Remember, okay, put it back in my pocket. Then I get back in prayer. Things coming. And I'm just going... That's just the struggle that I have. And we're going to be talking in a couple of weeks about finding freestyle prayer. You find your own way to pray because don't allow how other people to pray, pray, intimidate you to think that God doesn't hear your prayer. Because God has a way. God wants to teach you how to pray your prayer that is good for your life. So something like prayer... I have to give attention and focus to. I have to strategically set my alarm. I have to strategically do this and remind myself, come on, Philip, you've got to get in that prayer zone. And you've got to pray before God. And you know, many people are insecure when it comes to prayer. A lot of people don't like to pray out loud. I've heard that a lot with people. You know, I'll pray, but I don't like to pray out loud. Why is that? Because they just feel that their prayers are maybe not long enough. They're not eloquent enough. They're not powerful enough. I I remember, and I've used this illustration so many times. Anyone remember Different Strokes? Anyone remember the show Different Strokes? Showing my age with that one. And Arnold, when he would go on his top bunk and he would pray to God. I loved how he prayed to God. He just got there and go, hello God, it's me again. Remember me? It's Arnold. Remember me? I just love that. I just love the sincerity with that. Just the honesty and the prayer, the meaning that there can be in that for our lives. And, and I think we need that. Don't allow insecurity to happen when you hear other people pray and you hear their big prayers. Don't allow that to intimidate you. Along with feeling insecure, can I give you some other reasons why I think people don't pray, why you don't pray? Insecurity is a massive one because you don't want to be laughed at and made fun of. Listen, it's not about you praying to man ever. It's about you praying to God. Man may laugh at you, but you're catching the heart of God. So don't let anyone silence you with your insecurities. Realize that's just a lie of the enemy to rob you. Here's another reason why we don't pray. You ready? We don't feel good enough. We just don't feel good enough. Come on, you're not good enough. Why would God want to answer a prayer? I mean, look at Pastor Philip. I mean, his life's perfect. And then look at mine. My, My life's not perfect. I want you to know that. I struggle in every area that you do too. We all have those struggles in our lives. We're human. We need God each and every day. 
But so many times the enemy can tell us, doesn't he, that you're not good enough. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. You know, the opening scripture that we read from Psalms 145 verse 18 never says anything about having to be good enough. It says, call unto me. Come on, everyone, call unto me. and I'll answer you. Come on, I'll answer everyone who calls to me in truth. The only criteria was to call in truth. Call in truth. It wasn't to get your life perfect. It wasn't to have everything in order because the reality is this. Are you ready? If everything was perfect and everything was in order, you wouldn't need to pray. All you'd need to do is praise and thank God because you would just thank God for how perfect you were and how incredible you were and you would thank God that you weren't like everyone else. Come on now. The reason we have to pray is because we are not good enough. Come on. The reason we pray is because we need help in every one of our lives. The enemy loves it when we deal the unworthy card. He loves that. When we start feeling, oh, the devil has his field day with that because he loves to jump in on that and say, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I know who you are. Come on now. The enemy messes with your mind and he comes in. He loves that. He, it's just an open door for him. He's all over that. Yeah, I saw what you did and, and I saw what you said and I saw the thoughts. Come on, he reminds us of all those things. But come on, we put down the unworthy card and we pick up the fact that what? We are saved by grace through faith and not of what we have done. Because when we believe the lie that it's about our worthiness... And what we do, come on, when we believe that lie, we will never pray. Because we'll never feel that we're at that level, at that place. God's word over and over again clearly tells us this, come as you are. Come just as you are. Why? So he can change you into what you need to be. Come on, let him do the changing as you come to him, as you call to him. Come on, it involves the call, it involves the cry. Never forget, God loves the prayers of imperfect people. People who know they've done wrong, who know they are helpless on their own, but who reach out to God and those who know they need him. I need him. I need him. I need him. I need him because I'm not good enough, because I don't have all the answers. Don't let that stop you from praying. Let that be the motivator for you praying. God, I need you. I need you in my life. What about this one? Prayer bores me. A lot of people don't pray because it's boring. Prayer meetings. We're going to start having prayer meetings weekly here at this church. A lot of people hear stuff like that and they're like, pfft not going to go to that. It's boring. If we had a pizza, pizza social, everyone would want to be at that. Ice cream social, giving away free food, giving away free stuff. I'll be there. But they don't realize you can come and get a piece of pizza and you can be hungry 30 minutes later. You can come and pray and you can be fed up for the rest of the day. Come on, you can be full up. You can be fired up. Come on, you can be tanked up. You can be ready to go for the rest of the day. But so many people pray is boring. And one thing I've discovered is this. It's hard to get people motivated about things they think are boring. Come on, kids, we're going to go and see the grandparents. You know what most kids say when they think that? Oh, I don't want to go and see them. That's boring. It's hard to get them out. They're not like pumping. Yeah, yeah, let's go. Let's go. They're like, oh, 
had to pull them, kicking, reluctant, and screaming. And you can tell how boring our kids' grandparents are. They're sitting right there on the front. You know why our kids are like kicking and screaming. I mean, that's horrific. That's like punishment right there going to them. No. But you can see the example. Huh? It's hard to motivate people when they're bored. Because they see no joy. They see no excitement. They see nothing worth giving energy to. If your prayer life is boring, there's two things that need to change in your life. Are you ready? Number one, you've got perspective issues. You're looking at it the wrong way. And secondly, you've got an attitude problem. You need to change your attitude. You need an attitude adjustment. Because when... Prayer becomes empty, meaningless, and just a ritual. It's always going to be boring. But here's what you've got to remember when we pray. You've got to remember who you're talking to. Because when you acknowledge that the God of the universe is honestly and truly excited to hear from you, that alone will change the fact of how you pray. God's excited to hear from you. Think about that in the Garden of Eden. The Bible speaks about every day God would come down and walk with Adam and Eve. Wow, that must have been incredible to hang out with God every day like that. Just to hang out with Him. High five God, what's up? You know, what's going on? Tell me again how you did this. And just to have that fellowship with God. But what do we see that sin did? Sin put a barrier between man and God. So when God came... Man was no longer excited to see him, but was God still excited to see man? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Because he called out to man and said, where are you? If God wasn't excited, he would have come and looked, and if he didn't see, he wouldn't have called, he would have left. But we see the heart of God, that he was still desiring, he was still excited, he still wanted relationship with man, but because of sin, man had removed himself and thus separated himself for God. Why do we see that? Because we see we were created to be in communion with God. Come on, God wants to hang out with you. God longs to that time. He enjoys, just like we would look forward to that, God looks forward to that. And maybe we can't hang out with God in person right now because of the sin and separation. But you know what? We can hang out with God through prayer because that's the way now we can have fellowship with God. And don't you know that if you're setting your alarm clock to get up a little bit earlier to pray that God's in heaven going, woohoo! I get to hang out with them at six in the morning. Come on, God is more excited about hanging out with you than perhaps you are at waking up early in the morning. That's the desire, the communion, the longing that God has. So when you pray, you better believe that God's on the end of that prayer line. Go on, come on, come on, talk to me, talk to me. I love you. What do you want from me? That's the desire that God has. We shouldn't be bored in our prayer thinking he doesn't hear anything. God's like... Come on, come on, talk to me. I want to talk back to you. I want to have life in your prayers. Come on, prayer needs to be like just talking to a close friend and whom you can share your hearts, give him your fears, share your dreams. Instead of a lifeless monologue, God, here's my list, bam, 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 bam. And we don't even really believe he's going to answer us anyway. But amen, catch you later, God. And we leave. Come on, prayer needs to become an exhilarating conversation that you and I can have together. Come on, turn to someone around you and say, oxygen. 
Come on, oxygen, oxygen. Without it, we're going to die. Come on, we need oxygen in our lives. We need that in our lives, okay? Here's another reason why people don't pray. Are you ready? They don't want to bother God with the small things of their lives. Well, you know, I'm not going to bother God. I mean, He has the universe to run. God's got bigger things to do than that. Come on, God's got bigger fish to fry than my little fish. That could not be furthest away from the truth and the very nature of God. Look at this scripture from 1 Peter 5 verse 7 says this. 1 Peter 5 verse 7 says, Cast all your care upon him for, this is his nature, this is who he is, for he cares for you. Come on, he cares for you. What does that mean? God is caring about you. That thought there, care, is a word that means all your anxieties, your worries, your concerns, everything you may possibly have in life, you cast all of that, everything unto God. And when you cast that unto God, you can what? Be assured that He'll take care of it. The thought even goes further than that. It means, why are you worried about those things? Why are you concerned about things like that? When you can release them and give them to God. Notice it doesn't say they have to be big. God just says, give all your care. The smallest to the greatest, whatever it may be, whatever is bothering your life, God says, just give it to me. Why? Because I can handle it. I can take care of it. I can fix it, God says, and I can return it back to you. Come on, whatever it may be, all your care, everything, big or small, come on, God's got your back. Here's another one. Are you ready? The reason I don't pray is because my prayers won't make a difference anyway. They don't make a difference anyway. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I told the story about Kelly and I and our family and just some things that we were going through. And it seemed like the more we prayed for God to move in those areas, the worse it got. It was like a roadblock. And it almost got to that place where um, we were just like, stop. I mean, the simple solution was if we stop praying, then everything's going to stop. That's what the enemy wants to tell you. But we've got to be reminded of Galatians 6 verse 9. The Bible says in Galatians 6 verse 9, don't grow weary in doing good. For in due season, you are going to reap a harvest if you don't lose heart, if you don't give up. You know, so we've got to keep praying. We say, well, they're not making a difference. Nothing's happened. If you haven't received the harvest of the seeds that you've sown, guess what? Keep sowing the right seeds because God's not going to produce the wrong harvest of the seed. That Come on, the seed in the ground is going to produce the harvest you get back. So if you haven't got the breakthroughs, you keep sowing the right seeds. You keep believing because your prayers do not fall on death is. Come on. God is moved by your prayers. I want to say that one more time. God is moved by your prayers. If there's a need in your life, pray. If you need healing in your life, pray. If you need direction in your life, pray. If you need help with something, my God, pray. If you your marriage is in bad shape, pray. If you need wisdom, pray. Come on, call out to a God who will answer your life. Listen to this, genuine communication and conversation to God may not always change what He does, but your prayers will always change your heart and your perspective. There will always be a change. God won't just do everything that perhaps you think He should do, but God will do the most important thing in it all, and that is this, change you in the middle of your prayer. Why? Because prayer reminds each and every one of us that we're not in control but it keeps us close to the one who is. 
Come on, I don't control God with my prayers. I give my petitions to God. I make my request and I ask God to show me what's right and what's wrong. Teach me, God. But it reminds me of the fact I'm not in control, but in He is. But as I pray, it keeps me close to the one who is. Come on, here's a simple example or simple definition of prayer. Prayer is honest communication. It's honest communication with God. It's conversation with God, talking to God. And what we would see over and over again through the scripture is just the importance of all these things. I just want to quickly, if we could jump through and it said this in Matthew chapter 6. I need to draw this message to an end. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 5. Jesus gives instruction to people and how they are to pray. And he says these things. He says, and when you pray, come on, notice it's oxygen. It's when, not if. When you pray, you, know, you shall not be like these hypocrites, for they love prayer standing in the synagogues on the corners of the streets that they may see, be seen by men. God says, assuredly, I say unto you, they have their reward. It's not a godly reward, but what happens is they get the praise of man. We're not after prayer for the praise of man. We're after it for the attention of God, the answer from God. Jump to verse 7 of Matthew 6. It says, and when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Come on, the prayers of godly people in the scriptures goes a lot like this. When they were afraid, they told God about their fears. Come on, when they doubted, they doubted out loud in front of God. When they were angry, they let it rip. Come on, and they vented on God. Listen to one of them, and we're going to look more at this guy on Wednesday night, Habakkuk. Look at his prayer from Habakkuk 1, verse 2 and 3. He says, O Lord, how long shall I cry unto you and not be heard? Come on, that's an honest prayer, isn't it? Come on, that's an honest prayer. Even I cry out to you, violence. He's like saying, violence, they're going to destroy me. And what do you do? You don't even save. You don't even come. It doesn't even move you when I'm shouting, it's over. Come on, it's the end. And God, where are you? He says, why do you, not, why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see all the trouble? And it goes on and on. But are you getting the picture? He's crying out. I just read this morning, Psalms 13. It's very funny how the chapter or the title of that psalm says, How long, O Lord? The whole prayer is like, How long, God, are you going to let this and the enemy? What's up, God? What's up, God? Listen to me. Are you ready? If you don't hear anything else from this message, this is pretty good to grab. Jesus never, ever criticized people for their prayers that were honest. Only those that were long and showy. God never criticized people for an honest prayer, but just those who were trying to impress others by their long, showy prayers. As a parent, what do we want? We want our kids to come to us and say what? Be truthful and honest with us. We want them to say, I'm having a problem. Why? So we can help them and meet their needs. Come on, when we pray, we need to expect God to reply. And how do we do that? We create space. You've got to create space in your prayer life for God to move. How do we do that? Give him time to speak to you. Turn everything off. Turn everything off. Most of the times we pray and we have music, we have this, we have everything. Maybe if we shut everything off and we just had prayer and God, that we would create a space. This week, why not create a space that when you've got that list, that shopping list, why not at the end of the list or before you read out that list, say, God, I've got everything written down. Why not just say, God, I I just want to have a new relationship with you. Just show me again who you are. Just let me have that peace and comfort. God, just speak to me and and just minister to me and touch my heart. 
and just create that space. Just really quickly, I'm, I'm just going to list down a couple of ways that God will speak to you. You ready? Through prayer. God can speak to you in an audible voice. It can happen. It can happen. He spoke to Moses face to face. I've never had God speak to me in an audible voice. I've heard what I thought was God, but it turned out to be my dad. But I've heard that voice. Come on. An audible voice. God can speak. And, I, and, and maybe, maybe you're so stubborn and pig-headed that maybe he'll have to speak to you in an audible voice. But I just want you to know this too, that God's voice is not... What's the guy who always speaks God on all the TV shows? What's his name? Morgan Freeman. God is not Morgan Freeman. I just want you to know that. Just, so don't be waiting for his voice to be had. But God can speak in an audible voice. You know how else God can speak to you? God can speak to your spirit. He can speak into your spirit. That's that inner witness that we have, that confirmation, that direction that we feel, how he prompts us and he guides us. You just, you just feel that, just that peace that he has. Come on, here's how else God can speak to us. God can speak to us through people. God uses people. I pray today that God uses me every week to speak to your life, that through me there's a challenge that comes. I pray today you've been challenged to create that space and realize my prayer, can't call it life, my prayer is just monologue, but I need to have a prayer life that's a conversation, realizing as I cry out to God. Here's another way God can speak through circumstances, through circumstances. Don't you think that God can speak to a, a life like Tim who's laying with his neck in a brace and he's laying there wondering what's going on in his life? Don't you think God can speak through circumstances like that? That God can speak into your life and he can get your attention in any which way he wants and speak. God can speak through nature. I know with me, I've seen things and looked and seen. My God, if you just wake up in the morning early enough and you look out and you see the beautiful sunrise goodness me, there's enough in that that God can speak to you. And we say, God, I've got this problem. And look at the skies each and every day and everything God does and how he takes care of. The birds don't have to worry about their next meal. God provides for them and takes care of them. Solomon speaks about how beautiful all the, the flowers are, that they may be here today and gone tomorrow, but God takes care of all of those. Think about the beauty of that. You can see so, so much through nature. And then lastly, God can speak to you through His Word, through His written Word. If you haven't heard God lately, read God. Come on now. If you haven't heard God lately, read God. Because this is His Word. If you want direction for your life, read the Word. Get the Word of God inside of your life. And just know this, God is speaking. God is still speaking to you and to me today. God is still speaking to our lives today. The only problem is this, we've got so distracted by so much other noise that we're not really listening to what God would say. Well, God never speaks to me. No, you just never listen to God speaking to you. Create that space this week. Create that space and realize let me push aside what I want. And God, I want to start asking what you want for my life. I want to create a space because I'm telling you, however much create, space you create, God will fill. So if you give him five minutes, he'll fill that. If you give him 10 minutes, he'll fill that. And what we're going to discover through this course is that we can pray continually through our lives each and every day. And we're going to discover that, how that can be a part of our prayer life. But it's time to develop a lifestyle of prayer. Why? Because we need it for our existence. Without oxygen, we're not going to make it. Without a prayer life actively engaged, you and I are not going to make it. Just start small. Don't say, well, I'm going to pray for two hours a day. You're going to probably be disappointed by Tuesday. 
Just start off small and grow into it. Just get excited to have five minutes alone with God. And remember the God that you're getting alone with, the maker of this universe, the one who loves you. Get alone with God and let that relationship grow. And have a conversation with God, not a monologue, and let Him touch your life. Would you stand to your feet today? I pray that's helped you all today. I've been really excited about this series. I just really believe we're going to see such great things happen in our lives. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.